Welcome in. This is the Solar Tides Podcast. My name is Eric Starr. we got Jimmy McCormick of ESPN here, back again to do another episode about basketball. How are you doing, Jimmy? Doing well, man. How's it going? I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Phoenix fans are having a good time. It's a, it's a good uh, time to check in. We're having a good time. This is the best the Suns have played in about a decade. Exactly. Um, they have not done this well since they had Steve Nash on the team. So uh, we're doing pretty good. Um, we have, I have you on here. We've been playing this for a bit. Uh, due to my schedule, we, did, we were going to do this before the season, but I forgot. So, um, uh, we're doing it as well. It's, 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 it gets crazy. <laughs> it does get crazy. So we're doing it now. So it's going to be a little more, um, I guess we're going to be better at our job, at our predictions here. But when we check what in works? on the end of the I season, mean, maybe because I think sometimes not to interrupt you, but like I was looking at the standings. And sometimes you can be like uh, driven by confirmation bias. Do you know what I mean by what you're seeing in the standings? Exactly. I mean, we both would have had, I, I would say, the Warriors in the playoffs before right, the season, or the, or the Blazers and, would at least be a, like be like I didn't I did think regression was coming, but I didn't know it was going to hit this hard, which is why we check in. Exactly. So this is going to be fun. We're going to do predictions for um, all 16 playoff teams, um, but just regular season, kind of nothing about the playoffs really. But where are these teams going to be in the middle of April? Who's going to be where? We're going to rank them. We're going to go from 8 to 1 east and then 8 to 1 uh, west. As you and I were talking before, the bottom of that east is going to be kind of pointless. But we're going to do it anyway. And then we'll <laughs> check in on those top east teams and then see the crazy west, which is kind of impossible because it is so tough. So let's start us off um, by, and we'll obviously talk about the teams a little bit as we go along. Um, why don't we start with the, your eighth team? In the East. Sure. My eighth team is the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I just think like they're really they're interesting because last year they were first in pace, right? And then this year they're 18th in pace, so they're they're, they're stepping things back. Um, but still, it's the Trey show. I mean, I think Trey's taking a leap. You guys have seen um, kind of the early years of when you're running an offense through a young creator, right? Like yep. with Booker and like and like some of the, the the fallbacks of that. And so one of the big fallbacks of that, I think, and Atlanta's doing this is that like for example, when Devin was off the floor as he was younger, and now when Trey's off the floor. Guys don't know what to do really because there's just not enough offensive talent on the Hawks. But like that's my concern. It's like the off minutes of Trey. I think when Trey's on and like if 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 we get hurt or healthy and we get Collins back, we're talking about I think like a seven or eight seed in this conference. In the in the West, they'd be like the fourteenth seed. Yeah, they could. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Suns just played the Hawks literally last game, uh, and it, it was kind of an interesting game because Trey did his thing, but the Suns kept him to what, like twenty points or something. Exactly. Um, and because they were, they were, I mean, they were double tripling him, and he he was like fine they passing live from, it, like thirty feet out, which was yeah. I think the way to do it. Like yeah. they were like, if you're going to beat us, it has to be on those thirty five footers. It like I mean, they didn't let him do that floater stuff he does. Yeah, he had a couple floaters, but like no Huter, no Collins. Like it was just Jabari yeah, yeah. Parker. Like what do you like? Fine. Um, Sun still gave up a bunch of, uh, uh, inside pain points, just like they gave up 70 to the Lakers. But anyway, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, so the Hawks have some, some good stuff, but yeah, without Trey doing his thing, it was hard for them to do it. It was kind of fun to have the Suns be the better team and be able to just kind of, um, wear them down with better execution and, and better play. Um, my eighth team is the Nets. I did not have the Hawks in, but I kind of, Again, the top, bottom three people, the bottom three people in this, um, are kind of whatever. I mean, the eighth seat, like the eighth eighth Nets team is what, like, that's going to feel like a, what is their record, like 35 and. I mean, Eric, let's be honest. (laughs) Like, it's going to be the last week of the season and, or that last Tuesday, Wednesday of the season. And it's going to be like, which team three games under is going to make them get the eighth seat. That is just disgusting. Um, (laughs) 
I mean, I remember, I think I've said this to you, I, the, I remember in 2013-14 when the Suns had 48 wins and still missed the playoffs. Oh, yeah, yeah. 48 wins. That would be like the third seed in the East. It's just, just stupid. Yeah. Um, so I had the Nets. Uh, I think based on just Levert, I know they had some injuries. I know, I mean, the Suns beat them by 26 or something. They blew them out. But when in the East with Kyrie, like, you're just not going to be so bad. And I think with Levert and Dinwiddie and everybody, they're just going to be good enough to beat up on the bad teams enough to make it. I think also big for them is when they eventually, if they ever do, because he's like the weird like third friend kind of thing, like the DeAndre Jordan thing. Yeah. He is just awful at this point. He's so cooked. And it's coming at the expense of Jared Allen's growth. And then Irving and and um, I don't know how it stands now, but like it's probably pretty similar. Like a week ago, Irving and Allen had one of the best P&R combos, but they're just not on the floor enough. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, did you have the Nets in your in your playoffs? I didn't. I had the Nets missing. Uh, the playoffs. So my seven seed is because I, but like you know, like you said, Hawks Nets are pretty close to me. I could see them making a rush. My concern would be defense with them and just front court. Like, yep. uh, but basically, my concern is what I just said. I think they're going to be married to this uh, DeAndre Jordan thing because of <laughs> why he's there. He was when the, the Suns played him. He was big and he's like humongous, but he has yeah. like, he, can he still jump? I mean, a little bit. No, he's like he's honestly he's like he's like Boban at this point. Yep, like, yep. He's like, but not even as effective offensively, right? Like, um, but he can't shoot. <laughs> yeah, draw him out. And like, honestly, like even like a Baines, just draw him out and he's done. Like, what's the point, right? Like, what's the point of DeAndre Jordan twenty five feet from the basket? But Baines so, can be twenty five feet out from the basket. Oh, but even Boban, a Australian Dirk, right? But yeah. um, uh, it, my seventh seed is the Magic. Okay. Um, I just think their defense is like is going to live. It gets you places. Like even now, they're like fourth in defense. Now they're also. Last in off or, or 29th in offense, and that's their big issue. That was the issue last year. Who's worse than them? Just, what? What's that? Who's worse than them? My goodness. Uh, in offense? Oh, the Knicks. The oh, my Knicks. gosh, yeah. 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 No, but they are. Like, Orlando is incredibly bad. Like, and speaking of somebody who just saw my team lose to them, it's, it's impressive. Um, but yeah, like, the, the, the Orlando Magic defense is real. It is repeatable. And I think that'll work in this conference. And you know this, too? I think the front courts are so bad in the East that eventually, like, the Vukovic, like, um, yep. Isaac thing, it's enough to win enough games. And Isaac is just, I love Isaac. So. Yeah. I didn't have them in, the, in my playoffs, but I just kind of, I guess I didn't think about the top, the bottom three of the East very much. Um, yeah, no, it's, yeah so honestly, they'll be good. We're probably already doing too much. We're, yeah, we, we so are. We, we should talk about this before. We, we so are doing too much. Okay. Um, my number seven team is the Pistons. Um, okay. I think that with Blake and just like what they have, I think they, I think they could make it. But anyway, who's your yeah. sixth team? <laughs> I like Luke. I like Luke Kennard kind of like so far this year. He's been fun. He's um, fun. My 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 sixth is the Pacers. Yep, same. I think I think I think Depot is going to come back eventually, obviously. But I just you know Brogdon. I always liked Brogdon. Now nah, he's retiring. This leap, this leap as this leap he's taking is really impressive. That 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 Brogdon's taking as a creator. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's not the most efficient scorer right now, but like. Ten assists this far in, even though it's a small sample, like that's not a fluke. Like this guy could really create for others. Yeah, he was always that good with the Bucks. The problem was that you want the ball in Giannis's hands so much when he's on the Bucks that you don't have that now. Uh, now you got they got T.J. Warren. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, but he's doing good. And uh, D- when Depot comes back and that, I just think they'll be they're they're like a solid team with enough good players. Sabonis and Miles Turner for now. They gotta have right. one of them. Um, eventually, that, right? yeah. but they have them both right now, and so they're good enough to be like an actual team. This is probably where it turns from whatever to they actually like. 
I would say the Pacers are probably, would you say, a lock to make the playoffs? Uh, they're pretty close because I think people felt like they started off like like really poor, but like since that 0-3 start, like yeah, like like I think the Nate McMillan thing and like what you said, they have a high floor of talent, and yeah. I think their system is actually a pretty good regular season system. I think it fails in the playoffs, and that wonky big lineup fails in the playoffs. But I do like like their setup. Yeah, we'll see a lot of. I mean, that's I think the big thing is is we'll, we'll obviously figuring out what's real, what's not real, but also what is pe- people will sometimes hit on a team for not being like a contender, but they don't realize that, that team is good. The high floor teams are good in the regular season, but just that you need the high floor and high um, ceiling to be good in the playoffs. Exactly. Yeah. And you need to think about like that concept of the, of the 16 game player, which yeah. we, basically these days, like the Warriors kind of, and the, and the Rockets kind of changed the math a little bit with like, you have to be able to like not get played off the floor. Right. And like, that's something the Suns are addressing with getting more like, They've gotten more spacing from their bigs, and that's kind of like the solution to being able to have those tra- 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 like traditional size. It can still work, but the players have to adapt to it. Like the the prototypical player for this, right, is Rudy Gobert. Like yeah. he is good, and he makes your team better in the regular season. I don't think we've seen really that he can. I mean, he gets played off the floor every playoffs, right? My buddy got in the Twitter battle with Rudy Gobert. I'm not even joking. Oh, like, my. like last last playoffs, like he like responded and joked, and like Rudy Gobert like. Quote tweeted him, and then he quotes. I the saw that. I think I saw that. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was funny. my like. That was some Sixers fan who was just like, who was like, Rudy. You t-, he said something to him. He said Rudy turns into like Rudy Gay or something in the playoffs, like something like really bad. Like yeah, like just for was, everybody knows, his um, Jimmy's yeah, team is the Sixers. It's like, but I'm saying like this kid, this guy called out Gobert's mo, and Gobert was like, I'm the defensive player of the year or something. Like beat it. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, and like he is right. He's not. No one's saying he's not a defensive player of the year. I mean, he, when you watch playing the Jazz, it's like you have issues trying to score yeah. the basket. But, um, but adapting, no, adapting that to the playoffs and, and utilizing that, it can be more difficult. All you need is a stretch five who can shoot, and you you will oh, score some floor, points. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> um, so I also had the Pacers at six. We're spending way too much time on the bottom yes, three of the we'll, East. We'll go fast. We'll um, fast. Number five, uh, I have the Heat for the East. Um, I also had Pacers at six, and the Heat. Um, they just Suns played them. They beat them. They're the only. It's the only bad loss for the Suns so far is the Heat, um, because they play hard. They have rookies. It makes no sense, but they're just good. <laughs> no, I agree. They have uh, the third best defense so far in the league. Again, small sample, but like they kind of do everything a little bit well, right? They have the third best rebounding percentage. They're 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 a good hard nosed team. They're, they're they're basically what they are is a spolster team with talent. <laughs> so, yep. Like so, like you said, and I am surprised by some of the uh, the play of like these randos that they get. Like I mean, they, they started three rookies. Yeah, <laughs> I guess Nunn, the and, 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 and like and you Kendrick know, like, Nunn and, and, that's and their biggest and, yeah. pick hero. So yeah, it's interesting. They have I but again, I do think unless they do a move, I do find that eventually when it comes down to the crunch that like. They're built for the playoffs in terms of player prototypes, but I'm not sure they're built for as, as in the terms of their talent equity. It's almost too spread. You know what I mean? Like their talent is too much one through eight. Like the difference between their second player and their eighth player, it's well, not big enough. I mean, does that make sense? Dragic and Dragic and Butler, right? Uh, they're well, it's not the they're good. two like premier players, but I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Like what I'm saying is like there'll, there'll be a time in the playoffs when you'd be asking a third guy to really, really step up consistently. Yeah. And, and that's my. And that's, I'm not even being negative. I'm just saying that, that would be my concern for them is ceiling. You, you mentioned that. I think it's a good point. So they're my fifth team as well. I, I think so. I think that the fact is that these rookies are going to regress. So we're not saying they're going to be. They're not like. They're not. They're not going to host home court because they're just not going to get enough wins because they're just not going to have enough shooting talent or just overall talent to make it that far because they don't have enough. What do you call? 
NBA players. It's so right. funny. I've, I've said that word to people and they just never know what I'm talking about because they're not on Twitter and they don't like know. Like when I say NBA player, it's not that they are playing in the NBA. It's that they're yeah. supposed to be an NBA player. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, so moving to my fourth team, since the, the Heat were also my fifth, is the Raptors. So, um, I think this, like this, this four through two is pretty tight for me. Like I, I kind of ju- like toggled them around. Like I can see the Sixers being here, obviously the Celtics being here, but I picked the Raptors. Um, Siakam, his leap has just been incredible. Yeah, so I was listening to uh, I was listening to the Zach Lowe and, and Howard Beck and then Howard Beck and Mo Dekeel podcast yesterday, and people are saying like Pascal Siakam for MVP. I'm like, just so you know, Booker's <laughs> playing better than him, and the Suns yeah. have a better record, right? Um, talk about that. Right? Yeah, I was like. Fine, but and also most improved player, that's probably like Aaron Baines or somebody else. And I don't think he's actually going to win it again. After 39 points too. It's like, it's like, meaning I'm not saying he's the best, but I'm saying there's other examples we can bring out here of the MVP. Besides. In small sample size, right? Like, like, like I think he'll 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 be an all star. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I mean, he's he's like going to be maybe an all star starter. Who knows? Yeah, no, um, he should be a starter. And I, I love Pascal. He's so good. Like. It's it's so fun to watch. But you know what this is? It's the hype, you know, the hype culture and the hype game, and 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 we love we love to say this stuff. We love to to to, to almost overdo it intentionally, right? It's like yep. setting sometimes. It's like setting players up sometimes. It's like exactly. why can't he just be incredible? Like he, the best way to say it, I think, is can somebody win most approved twice in a row? Because that's yes. what he's doing. Like he's exactly. taking that next leap. And congratulations to Toronto for like. Getting out of the like, getting so much out of the Kawhi thing, and then also being able to transition into like an era that matters. Yeah. So, so basically, the reason we th- I think that the you and I think that the Raptors are four because I also have them at four is that they they don't one they've had injuries right they have Ibaka yes. and Lowry out they sometimes have Van Fleet at, like every all their all their top four or five players are somewhat injury prone. Gasol might still be be in Spain. I'm not sure. Oh like, yeah, where's Gasol? There, I just forgot like, about that. Gasol's like, played for the. Right? Show up in December. Like, hey guys. <laughs> hey guys, I'm here. Um, uh, he also had a busy summer. He won the he won the, the finals and then won the the FIBA championship. FIBA with so. the rookie Rubio. Yeah. Um. So like, they have good enough players who just won a championship that like they have the talent to be a solid lock in uh, playoff team. I, I look, but like, do they ha- will they be healthy enough to get enough wins to stay in the high echelon? Um, and then are they are they made for the play- like playoffs without Kawhi? Maybe. And could they ever survive? Like, what what's going to happen when Siakam can't go off? Like exactly. one night, or, or or when you're like you said, hard doubling, and you bring in a team like Boston who can send two huge wings at you. Like, what are you going to do? What you know? are you going like, to do exactly? Um, so three number three is the Celtics. Good segue there. Um, Celtics are ten and one somehow. Um, who do they play? I mean, I'm obviously over here in the West. Do they, they play anybody up good? On a lot of they beat they've eaten up their schedule. Don't get me wrong, um, but they've also played really well. Like yeah. they're, they're they have their mojo back, uh, and they're doing a lot more pick and roll, which is interesting. Yeah, we'll see. The Suns play the Celtics uh, on Monday, so we'll see how that goes. Um, revenge game. The Bane's revenge game. Yeah, like seriously. Um, so we'll we'll see how they do. I think that they. I mean, Kemba. I'm so happy for Kemba. Really, is kind of what my Celtics like thoughts end up being. <laughs> is I'm so happy for Kemba to be in a good team where he can not have to do everything. Um, and then we'll see. We'll see. I feel like the Tatum hype has like it's a humongous roller coaster. It is. It is. No, it's almost full circle where like it it went from like completely overdone after that after that Easter comes. You know, finals like, run. Like, like, he was like really good. Playoffs. Like, there they was a yeah. small offense. It was like two weeks. But, and it's amazing, but they were talking about, like, not they, like, but the punditry, the, the fans and national punditry were discussing this guy because, you know, his name came up so much because of trade talks. Yeah. 
And people were like, no, you can't trade him for Anthony Davis. It's like, wait, what did you just say? What, yeah, what did you just say? Like, there's so many other players, like, there's so many players that are better than him. He's not bad. I'm not saying he's bad no, or anything. Very, I think what's impressive most like, is, like, this, the idea that, like, this, this commodity of a true two-way wing, right? There's not, like, there's really that, that many of them. Like, and that, I get, I know, I always, always thought that Jalen Brown was, like, a much better defensive player. Is Tatum, like, that good on defense? I think Tatum's better, actually, only because, like, I, I like Tatum's interior defense a lot. Like, his mm, block rate's yeah. really impressive. Okay. Um, and he's a really good, like, rotational defender, too. He's one of those more, like, I think Brown is a more impressive, like, like uh, one-on-one, like, athlete defender. And that's not to, like, dismiss his brain part of it. But I'm saying Tatum is a really smart, like, hedge and, like, and like, bu- like cover kind of guy. Like, so you really get Brown's the on-ball and Tatum's the off-ball. I think they're both good. I'm just trying to say, like, I think Brown gets the hype because he, you can see these plays where he'll go up and strip somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? He can, like, go up and take the ball off your hand. Whereas, like, Tatum, I think, is a little bit more of, like, a, a, like contest, a chaos guy, yeah, like contest. a Covington, like a lane guy. You know, like he can create chaos. I, I, I actually went full circle. I'm back on the Tatum thing, like because it went too low. But yeah, I think his his ceiling is probably all star and not superstar. Yeah, and because he's not going to be the tenth. He's not going to be a ten or higher best player in the NBA ever. I would. I don't say. think so. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think um, either of them, Jalen Brown or him, are going to ever be that. No. So I had Sixers third, um, only because. Oh, I you did. Yeah, I think this pack between like Celtics, Sixers, really Celtics, Sixers, and even Bucks, but I think eventually the Bucks, like, not to ruin it, but like, I think the, like Celtics and Sixers will be jockeying for this two three. I think. I think I literally have Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, and you have Bucks, yeah, Celtics, I, I have Bucks Sixers. Celtics, Sixers, and like the reason is because I think the Celtics. We've talked about this already. Is their their formula for the regular season is really strong. You already mentioned Kemba, but really what it's about is so many different guys can like pop off for twenty to twenty five for them every night, mm-hmm. and it's going to be more difficult when you reduce those possessions down to the you know the half court, and it gets like it's the same that happened last year. It could happen again in the playoffs. Is like who gets the ball, right? Like who are we running this through? There's too yeah. many of us almost. And the long story short, I just think Brad is a really good coach, mm-hmm. and I think he's finally like not finally, but. Probably because Kyrie didn't want to do it as much, but he's running really nice pick and roll sets with Kemba, and I just think it's working. Also, how long is Hayward out for with his hand? <laughs> Six weeks, and that's a shame because he honestly looked like Gordon Hayward. He was again. good, and so good. I was like, oh man, gosh. He's but an underrated do they have too. like any um, like front court death at all? That's the thing. See, they're they're, and that's the reason I put them at two is because I actually believe they're going to make some sort of move, and even honestly. Dude, even if they got like a Derek Favors, like yeah. someone who was special, that would be amazing like, <laughs> for them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, but I think they could do that without like without having to crush their. They're not for Danny. It could be a way for Danny to get his front court like healed without having to spend because there isn't the big splash player. Like, yeah. I don't think he's going to commit. Like, so long people are talking about this Hayward for Kevin Love thing. It's like Hayward's better than Kevin Love, so why would I do it? And and the commitment's shorter. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but so, the question is, you have so many. The reason you do it is because. Uh, you don't. You have you have five wings. I'm just not sure how much um, like love change. Like love's not going to guard centers anyway. So it's like you know. Mm, but yeah, yeah, in any case, if they added a favors, I'm kind of that's kind of priced into my why they're two. Why they're they're two. Okay, that makes um, sense. So that explains my 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 three two for you. Yeah, I think I mean Sixers. I just think I mean the Suns beat them, so we can talk about that now. That I'm, yeah. my team's the Suns. Your team's the Sixers. Um, so they beat him. It was, it was the second game of the Embiid suspension, which was that yes. whole thing, fracas, as you might call it, uh, was hilarious. Um, but give me your thoughts on that fracas and kind of what the Sixers have been so far. Yeah, I was at the game. Like, you could feel, like, at that Minnesota game, you could feel, like, you could feel it boiling. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, between the players and where I sit, 
is like on the end of the the, the end of the. Uh, it's almost like all twenty two tape. Like I'm at I'm at the baseline on the <laughs> one side, nice. and I like I, I was on the opposite end of where the fight was. But the play before that, like Embiid literally like like Shaquille him. He just like put his butt into him, into like put him under the basket <laughs> and laid it up. And like Eric, you've never seen like it wasn't a dunk. But he like flexed as if he just dunked on the world. Like, but it was very much like it was very much like I did just throw you around. He did throw Towns into the block, mm-hmm. and the refs. I think the refs made a mistake by letting it get to that level. Like they were mm-hmm. letting a lot, a lot of contact go, yeah. and then the next play down is when it happened. In any case, I think Aaron Baines first of all shoots like fifty five percent from three against the Sixers, and like twenty one percent against everybody else in the world. Well, like, I don't know. He's he's at 50, so the only weird. two people in the league shooting fifty percent. <laughs> Uh, no, from no, no, three no, is Booker and, Hay- and Baines. You know, we have to be careful about pulling percentages in the NBA. Like, oh, yeah. He's not a volume shooter, but no, he's I not. love Baines. I, I actually, like, he was always kind of like a kryptonite um, for the Sixers um, because he because we're, it's a, we're a size team and he can pull you out. Yeah. You know, so Al Horford had to be out there. Ben had to be out there. Al Horford played like it was 2012. I thought he was amazing. I thought the, the, the smartest thing, and this is something that actually you say, like, we've seen. Um, with Lloyd Pierce down in, in Atlanta mm-hmm. is that like um, the guys who come from Brett, Brett Brown's coaching system and Monty is like he's not really from his system but he spent his last two years as his defensive uh-huh. coordinator yep. all I'm trying to say is they 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 do a really good job at like knowing the weaknesses of, of Ben and they sag off even better than anybody seriously like, like, maybe, Ben like, the, what do you have like 10 point? points Ben's trying to figure this thing out. So that's my take on the Sixers is this entire experiment of extreme size is going to take time. But, like, I still just honestly believe in the talent quotient is so high. And, like, last night, for example, they lost in overtime. But Josh Richardson, who's been shooting, like, 12% from three, finally popped off. He had 28 points. I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say is um, they still don't even know who they are yet. Like, that's this whole true. idea when they got anointed before they were – they still don't know how to make this work yet. Yeah, I just think in the end, the defense and the talent will will play out. And you know this, like NBA seasons are so long. They are that if they go on a run from Jan, the East is so weak too that if they go on a run from January to the All Star break where they just like smoke everybody in the East, they're going to be the two seed all of a sudden, yeah. right? So that that's what I mean. And like, and and you see, like in the West, you don't have that scalability. Yeah, you know, you, like, you just don't like unless you're you know. Um, yeah, unless like Harden last year is one example of a team that like we always knew that was going to happen. Is what you know. Long story mm-hmm. short, the Bucks are first. I just think uh, Bud's system is repeatable. They know who they are. Whereas the Celt- the Sixers don't know who they are, and whereas the Celtics don't have a superstar like Giannis. I just think uh, everything Giannis everything runs through him. But their biggest mistake was the Brogdon thing. I yep. do think their playoff ceiling's lower, but I think their regular season setup like. Put it this way, they like they're a championship contender who started Wesley Matthews on day one. That's, that's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. They, yeah, I mean, they obviously Brogdon would help help them. I know Bledsoe. I know Bledsoe was worse than Brogdon. They married Bledsoe over over Brogdon, and that's that was a bad decision. And I knew that from day one. Um, now he obviously Bledsoe's played fine there, right? He's fine, but he's not as good as Bledsoe you know, or as Brogdon. You know his playoff issues, right? Like, yeah. Um, so so Giannis obviously is going to just mash people enough, and uh, but Chris Middleton's out for a while though. So. He is, yeah, he is, and like so, they're they're gonna have to test their depth. They don't have great wing depth, but like my also thing about them being one is somewhat of the Celtics thing at two two. I think they have a move in their in their hands to mm, make. They do. Like I don't think I don't think they can go into this like summer where they have to convince Giannis to take the deal. 
Because this summer it represents the, the the max offer summer. You know what I mean? At least it'll give us the litmus test. Yeah. Like if you're not going to take two hundred and seventy million or whatever that's going to be sixty eight million, then yeah, that, that kind of says something. <laughs> like, so yeah. Uh, Although I think Giannis of- is the prototypical person who would take yeah. it yeah. just to like he would stay just to stay for the loyalty brand and everything too. Because right? he, he is, too. doesn't care. <laughs> he's just a yeah. kid playing basketball. You know he can beat you, and that's what like his confidence is awesome. I'm just trying to say I think. There might be some pressure internally on their end to make a move. And we yeah. know there's not huge, huge splash moves because, what, 55% of the league change hands this summer. So it's not the same idea where there's all these, like, you know, like ripe, obvious trade candidates. Mm-hmm. But I do think they do something. I, I think they add something to their team um, of somewhat significance. I think they need a creator really badly. I don't know who it would be. But, like, you know, you know who a guy for them that would be interesting? Like Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yes. Like, they need another dribble, drive, pull-up shooter to make up for the sins of the Brogdon, like, getting... They basically got cheap and ducked the tax for Brogdon. Yep, for sure. Um, yeah, what do you feel like about... Because obviously none of these people can be... All that sure. stuff, trade stuff can't happen until December 15th, at least. Um, yeah. Just because so many of the league... I mean, every everybody else knows out there that uh, um, most of the people that sign a deal in offseason can't be traded until December 15th. Um, so... That's, I mean, it'll happen probably for some of these people, but like, how many wins are they going to have by the time that happens? Uh, right. And then figure out kind of that. Then, so that's the East. We kind of see that everything's kind of interesting. Before we get to the West, I was curious what you feel of two questions: sample sure. size. What sample size is? Does something become real? And sure. start with that. I think okay. So I think like like sample size for shooting outcomes. Like, for, like, how well you're shooting from three and how well your opponents are shooting from three, that can affect, like, outcomes. But there's things that can look past that. Like, I think, um, like, style of play is way more stable. What I'm trying to say is, like, the way that you run your pace or the way that you run your pick and roll or the way that you rebound, those become more indelible early in the season. And, you know, so far your team is... Like, Phoenix is being effective at juggling a lot of things. Like, they're able to handle pace and, and efficient scoring. Whereas, like, this is from the Sixers, for example. The Sixers used to be a high-paced team, always. They just couldn't score, so there was a gap. And, like, the Suns were like that, where they would run, but it wasn't efficient running. Yep. It was running. Now they're, they're matching both. Um, I mean, look, their pace right now would be number one in the league last year. Yeah. You know, the Suns. So, like, we're, we're going through a revolution a little bit with pace right now. But long story short... Um, yeah, I just I like, think uh, does, sa- sample size. I think sample size, like right now, shooting results aren't mature enough for me to tell you. Like yeah. you could have a couple guys just shooting their heads off that are eventually gonna like like for example, like you said like what is book shooting or fifty or, or we'll, like, we'll get to the book shooting when during the Suns thing. I have a whole. Regress. I did some work. People think regress is like a bad word. Like there's positive regression too. I'm just yeah. saying he's gonna regress to a place that's still really really special. Yeah, it's well, just yeah. that might eventually affect what the numbers look like for the team, like their effective shooting and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But in the end, stabilization points, I think, like right now, the thing that I would guess that's important is like, how does your team play defense? How does your team rebound? Cause those are things that probably won't change a ton. Yeah. Like how your team. And right now, I think the biggest thing that I've seen so far in terms of like, like, like style of play is that almost everybody is playing smart now. Yep. Or yep. like what we think is smart, right? Like, like we've like the NBA has, has weeded out a lot of the truly old school 
like the Fizdales, not to be rude to Fizdale, but like the guys who were just like, nah, we're going to run this like it's 2009 and grit and grind. It's like, nah, bro, that's not going to work. Except like, for the Bulls and the Knicks, baby. Yeah, exactly. The Bulls and the Knicks. They're running it like, and even to an extent, Orlando. To an extent, yeah. like, I like Steve Clifford a lot, but like he he's going to get you a seven seed every year. The president, I mean, he has the problem of like, he just has Jonathan Isaac. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Rubitich, and like, and, and I, I mean, I know this well, but he has faults, and I'm not. Even, I'm just yeah. saying, like, there's such, such a mystery there. But yeah, I, I think eventually sample sizes will be more mature in the shooting department. But for example, I remember last year writing an article about Clay Thompson. I was around the new year, and he was shooting like 31 percent from three, and people were panicking yeah. in fantasy. I was like, guys, he's going to normalize. He shot like 51 percent. He's too year. good. Yeah. Um, and the so other... I guess also what's important to remember is that basketball is baseball in a lot of ways in terms of. Like hitting samples and shooting samples, like they no one shoots thirty eight percent every night. It's 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 you shoot forty one percent or forty five percent for a month, and then you shoot thirty one percent for a month. That's usually how most shooters live. Yeah, yeah. Baseball and basketball is like that, where the normalized, unlike football, like you say on the Chris Harris podcast, yeah. that like football is very everything's different, and there's no there's no baseline for anything really. Exactly. Um. So the other question before we get to the West is. Sure cohesiveness across teams across seasons what do you think the value of that you mean yeah because like i'm trying to say this from opposite point of view like the nuggets um kept almost their entire team right the suns changed two-thirds of it and And or the sixers blew up their core had to yeah yeah yeah. so it's it's a weird thing about how does cohesiveness and chemistry across in a team across come across the season affect their early season production I think it's relatively massive, right? Because mm-hmm. like even though Denver's not playing well, for example, they've been able to grind out enough wins to be eight and three. Yeah. Right? Like they're not even playing they're well. Playing and terribly. Some of what, they're playing it's the point. They're playing terribly and but 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 they have enough things that they know that work that they can go back to. Yeah. Like they seem like they know each other. Um and they've gotten some creation out of Mary that's helped, but like I think the thing, like, for example, with the Suns, like so much turnover is it's honestly as simple as saying, like, are they the right changes? Did yep. you bring in the right guys? Like, the Suns often had a lot of roster turnover. Like, that's what bad teams did before. I mean, yep. like, the Sixers used to turn their roster over. The Sixers have turned their roster over seven times since last year. Yeah. I mean... You're trying to find the right people. You're trying to find people, and you're like, oh, this is not this guy. It's not this guy. You know what it is, too? I think there has to be a reason behind why you're getting these guys. Mm-hmm. Like, meaning, like, sometimes, like, a reason beyond just saying, hey, we need a, we need a stretch five. Let's get Aaron Baines. Like, he wasn't a stretch five before that. But what I'm trying to say is, they went after Aaron Baines to fulfill a cultural need, too. Yes. Meaning, they wanted to have... They, they When Aiton left the court, they didn't want things to just go soft. Yep. They didn't want it to be, like... And honestly, the Frank Kaminsky thing is just there to be a stretch. But if, I can imagine a world where, like, if they didn't do the Baines thing... Like the old Suns, or the old... You know what I'm saying? Like, an, like, like an, a, a team that wasn't put together as well as this is... Yeah. Would have probably relied on a Kaminsky... To be their backup center, and it would have like completely and they'd be ruined three and nine. And what it would have done is it would have ruined, like let's just say Aiton was playing, it would have ruined any growth he was flashing. Do you know what I'm saying? Because yep. you can, as good as your minutes are with your starters, you have to pay for them with your bench. And I think what the Suns did was effective depth, and more importantly, like I, I we talked a little bit uh, this summer or before the season about the money hire, and I just said, and I think it's come true. I just said I think the number one thing is the ball is going to move so well. Point five offense. That, that's his thing, though. He moved the ball always, even in New Orleans. Like, the ball doesn't stick yep. with his offenses. And I think that's, like, he, he preaches the beautiful game, in a way. It's, yep. it's, it's, it's you know. Well, we'll get into, let's get into the the West then. Um, there's going to be some upsets. Um, I kind of am surprised at who I picked a little bit. 
Um, who do you? Who's your number eight? Uh, actually, I have the Trailblazers coming. Me back too. <laughs> I, I have them coming back into the mix. I saw them, and so that's when we were talking earlier. Like, like you can be driven too much by the standings. And at first, I didn't, and then I looked at it and I said, "No, I actually think they can make up this ground." Like, I, 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 I had them not to like I had them swapping out for Minnesota. I yeah. thought the Mavericks are Minnesota. I had them missing just not, like because they're not in here. No spoilers. Yeah. that is a spoiler actually. But <laughs> the, 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 it's not because of Carmelo Anthony. I know the mellow thing is not going to be their answer, but I just think eventually, um, like, kind of, again, regression comes back, and they start winning some of these games. Also, Nurkic coming back, they're just going to start mauling people in this in this yeah. early spring. And they might make a desperation trade. They might yeah. be the team that gets Kevin Love, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, who's my number eight is also the Blazers. My number seven is the Mavs. Who's your number okay. seven? My number seven is the Phoenix Suns. Okay, okay. Um, um, we'll start with the Mavs. Let's do the Mavs first. We'll, yeah, I want to get we'll sure. to the Suns. I have a bunch of thoughts, obviously. Sure. Um, for the Mavs, I think I mean they was do they have, like the number two offense right now or number three? Yeah. Um, so they have that. I was watching the game. I think I was watching the. I watched the crazy uh, biggest disparity between triple doubles in age and history um, with Luka Doncic and LeBron, yeah. the Laker game, um, and it was a good game. I think they have players. Um, I just think that, and they could make the playoffs. They could obviously still not make the playoffs because they're so young and they're not like so talented. It's kind of the same problem we had with the Heat, right? Luka's their best player. Chris Dapps is almost playing as their second best player, and then all the other players are exactly the same. Yeah, no, there, there's parity, and also I just don't trust their deep. They're, like they're like you were asking, um, what was the team you said? Like they have no front court. Uh, uh, the Celtics. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like what I think of the uh, of this team. Like they just don't have. Like, they have a, Powell. Like a, they have they have Chris Epps, Powell and uh, a dude from Germany, and I can't remember his name. But like, like, and I and I think Chris Epps is great, but I think like he's not going to be the same rim protector. Like right now, at least, it's going to take some time still. And the other thing too is when he's not on the floor, which is going to be pretty often, I think, between rest management and just his minutes. Yeah. Like you can just you can just take it down the lane on that team whenever you when, want when. Like to mention to you, like before about like the eight and on and off splits. Like if it was Kaminsky, that was the Sixers forever. Like Embiid would come off the floor, and it would be like literally like Boban would come out. Which is and why so that Horford just, move is so key for them. Yes, exactly, and I think that eventually does pay off in in the win department. So um, for sure. So my yeah. my seven teams are Suns, but like I honestly I had I had them toggling like between five and seven. I do think they're a playoff team, obviously. Um, I don't even think it requires a ton of regression for this to happen. Like, I don't think they're going to have the number four um, net rating when it comes down to it, because I just don't. But at the same time, I do think they're going to have a top twelve to, to, to a top twelve net rating in the NBA. Yeah, drives a lot of outcomes, uh, or at least I don't think regression is going to hit them as hard as everybody's saying. Yeah, right. right? People are thinking that like they're just going to like drop off. They have blown out every single bad team they've played. I last year too though meaning like the kings were real last year like they weren't a real real like contender but they were a real playoff team they just like faltered right they had some yeah. injuries so what i mean is like that, if you look at the way the kings played like last year by nine i know that's the, the terrible comparison i think there's more ceiling with what the suns are doing especially because they're doing it without ayton like yeah. but i guess my main comparison is just that like we like the, the the market tends to doubt the upstart team because Let's be honest. People don't like to uh, see themselves be wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. So with 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 the to, to, to the Kings, I think Booker's better than anything the Kings had last year. Yeah. I think the Suns have more um, playoff players than last year. Even though the Suns somehow are still the youngest team in the NBA, more functional depth. Right. They have more functional depth. They have more key players. They have a better coach. Yeah. 
Um, so they just have more ability to play better for a longer period of time. And, and it just, anyway, so I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll give my, yeah, no, but I, I, so I just think it's like, again, I don't want to upset anybody, but like the, the Suns are in this mix. They're real. I saw them play like, like I saw my Sixers play them. They beat my Sixers and it was a completely legitimate outcome. It wasn't like, uh, I mean, yeah, Booker flamed them, but like Booker flamed everybody. That's what he does. <laughs> so I'll give my Booker stat. I was doing some deep research, I think either around the Sixers game or the one after that. I and the what? I think I saw this. For me. Yeah. So you saw on Twitter, follow me on Twitter, at Eric underscore Sar, um, S-A-A-R. Uh, so what this was, Booker is on, he's over right now, uh, basically 52, 52, 90. He's over that right now. 53, 54, 92, something like, 94, something like that. No one's ever had a 50, 50, 90 season ever. I know there's going to be super regression, especially for three point percentage here, but try this. Get who, I mean, obviously you've done it, but you can guess for the purposes of this. Has anyone ever had a 50, 47, 90 season? Probably not. No. Nope. No one has had a 50-47-90 season. Who are the two people who have had a 50-45-90 season? 50-45-90 season. That was, it was a crazy score. Uh, could Nash have done a 50-45? Nash did it his, uh, the year after his second MVP, 2007 yeah, he, had nasty, he always had nasty, nasty splits. And then who's nasty. the other one? It's more recent. <laughs> It's not Durant, but it makes me want to think that. Like, it's not. He's not that. That he's too much volume for that much efficiency. Yeah. Uh, you're ooh, be, that's a tough one. Just, it's, that? it's Curry, his second MVP season. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Which makes sense. So those two. So Booker's three point percentage would have to drop. Um, what is it? Ten percent, seven percent over the whole season, just to get to volume. the one where two other people have ever done it. Uh, and I mean, so, look, I mean, he's guaranteed to get 50, 40, 90, is, right? Has, uh, it's not just a shooter, but I think the cutting. The cutting. Is, 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 I think the cutting is one of the biggest things. Cause what, but, but here's the reason. I think he's getting more, uh, what they they call it, like, uh, they used to call it, like, Wade gravity. Like yeah. Wayne Wade gravity. You didn't have to be a shooter, but what I'm saying is, like, you can't sag off him for any reason. Yes. Because he cause he's going to cut, too. And now that you guys actually have functional post-passers, because Baines can pass a little bit. So too. many and of them. No, eight can pass. Kaminsky, the Saric, Rubio, no. all no, those of them are good. Pass. There's that's again. They went. That's what we were saying earlier about the question about cohesiveness and change. Mm-hmm. It's oh, cohesiveness can be gained quickly if the guys like want to be right. Like, right if you bring in a bunch of guys who are all trying to get their numbers, then it's not going to work. Yeah. But if you bring in guys who like are functionally like my role is this like. Ricky Rubio never doubts what his role is that night. Never. You know what I mean? He, he, he's got, he goes, hey, I'm going to go 20 points, 12 rebounds, 12 assists, uh, and no no turnovers. Okay? And then they win. But and he they just, just easily like, influence the game with nine points. Like, he'll shoot when you need him to. Like, yeah. he shot when they sagged off against the Sixers, and he burned them for it. But what I'm trying to say is, yeah, he knows his job every night. Yeah. So Booker has had ridiculous restraint this year. He, I don't think he's forced a single shot so far. Not a single shot. He only shoots when he's like super open or knows he needs to take over. He can pretty much torture tam- chamber anybody in in pick in post ups um, with fadeaways or, or he. I mean, he was he actually got two offensive fouls against uh, Caruso, um, two charges. Baseline fade he's doing too because, right now. That's pretty gross. Yeah, and he but he's but he got two offensive fouls because he's trying to he's putting people in the torture chamber in the uh, yeah. in the base on the posting up young, smaller guards because he's six foot seven uh, and able to turn around anytime and he's stronger. He has so much burst now. 
Um, and it's kind of incredible. I love the, what Ubre is doing. He had the one bad game, but he came against and had thirty points against the Hawks. He surprised me. I mean, like I always knew the block rate was there. Like he always like like so, I, so my background's in fantasy, so mm-hmm. like you notice the outliers, and he's always been an outlier in terms of like steal rate and block rate for like a wing. Like it's just really high. He has it's long like almost like arms. it's like Covington light kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like like if you do a you know like one of those basketball reference searches, who's got this block percentage? Yep. He comes up. But what he's adding is he used to just literally just be a crash. He would just crash for Washington or he would shoot. Mm-hmm. And now he's being given functional play. It's just, I'm impressed by how he's, how they've, um, I didn't think that, like the trade I actually liked. I just didn't think that it was going to play out this well. Yeah, I mean, my favorite play from him is when they get uh, a handoff at the left wing and then he goes up to the top of the wing and then just drives, the guy's trying to catch with him and then Ubre just too fast and too athletic. He's a lefty too, right? So yeah, he's he can, a lefty, but he goes, he's yeah. on the right side, the guy's on his left, but he can he, he continues to finish on his right. When they overplay him, then he just dunks with his left hand he's after so long, you overplay yeah. it. So that's a great one. Since they've gotten really great shooting, uh, even though they've had Kaminsky have a terrible stretch, Sarge have a terrible stretch, and Booker started out the year really cold and somehow is still 50-50-90. Um, but he's been efficient. They are playing defense. Tyler Johnson is killing it for them. They don't lose any playmaking most of the time. Baines is playing ter- great. Or he's playing just... His three-point shooting is starting to fall off right now. It's going to kind of, kind of crater here a little bit. Um, but that's really his, what's his biggest aspect is, was never a shooting. It's the screen setting for sure and his ability to, um, keep the paint, uh, secure. And I, I just like watching pictures of Dario Sarge drink coffee outside of hotels. Cause like, that was his main value for the Sixers. Like, like beyond being a player. <laughs> it's like, he, no, he takes, he takes amazing, he's great for like, uh, team promotional videos. Cause he wears like long trench coats and drinks coffee. Like, it's just, that's what the Sixers <laughs> would do. They would take pictures outside of, outside of hotel lobbies and be like, here's Dario drinking coffee. <laughs> like, he is, I thought he was, he's a, he's smarter than I thought he was as oh, a he's player. Yeah. And he can shoot and he can pass and he can, re- he rebounds really well. Um, but he, man, that dude looks like he's hurting every time he tries to run. He does. He does. He does. He looks like, like an old, old man. But he does have, he is a glue guy. So I like that. Yeah. Um, who's your seventh team? Did you mention? Um, my seventh team was the Mavs, I believe. The Mavs. That's right. So then, my sixth team. Yeah, my sixth team was the Suns. Like, I'm not that confident about this. Um, but I think eventually, like, I think Paul will play better. And I actually, I have the Thunder here, actually. No. Thought about that. Never thought about that. There's no metric to support it, by the way. Yeah. They're not playing that well. So my sixth team was eventually that that Paul will will play a little bit better. I mean, he's good. He's a Hall of Famer. It's fine. He's gonna be good. Um, he but is he gonna is he the player who has the highest win shares ever or something like that? He's really like he's an advanced darling. Like he's just so good. But um, yeah, I just don't (laughs) think they're actually playing that well. Functioning as a team, and they're still hovering around 500. Um. Yeah, I could easily see this being wrong, is my point. Okay, and that's your six? Yes. Okay, so my six was the Suns. Uh, I just think that they're they're sustainable. They're 7-4. They've had one of the hardest schedules in the league. They beat the Clippers 
they beat the Sixers. Yeah. Um, they're gonna, they're just winning, and then they got, they got to play some easy people after the Celtics here. Um, and they get Aiton back. They played without their, their, their best <laughs> center. Second best player, but yeah. Oh, yeah, best, um, second best, yeah, exactly. Their best front court, yeah, yeah. Best no, front, he's yeah. important, obviously. And uh, especially because, pro- like, it was only that very, very small sample, but I was excited about the block rate leaping. I know it was very yeah. small, but it wasn't just the, the, the block results, like the confirmation thing. Yes. It was the, 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 the rotations he was making. Yes, exactly. Like, so, I mean, what you're referencing is. What you're referencing is the first game of the season against the Kings where they blew him out by 29 and they just kind of, they demoralized him in the third, by the third quarter. It was like they just, they gave up and Asian was all over the place on defense and doing really well. His rim protection was real. You know what I mean? It it wasn't one of those things where, you know, you can have, there can be a game where he could have had, like last year, I'm sure you saw it, where he could have like three or four blocks. But like you, like you watched the game and it it wasn't like like he like, oh, that person went up weak. It wasn't like there was a lid on the rim. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't. He didn't stop the rim. He just had some really nice blocks. Now he's going to probably – I guess the difference is I think Aiden could have a game where he has one block this year that would still be three times better defensively than the games that he flashed with some blocks last year. So, yep. I mean, the Suns also could be much closer to undefeated. <laughs> um, if not – so they they lose – just for the people who listen to this, they lost – if you're on a Suns fan and you just listen to this somehow. Um, they lost to the Utah Jazz by one point, um, and I thought a badly rough game and some other things. Uh, they lost the Denver Nuggets by one point in overtime with terrible refereeing because Ubre and Booker and Baines all fouled out in the first minute of overtime. Um, and then they lost the Lakers by a couple – I think it ended up being eight points, but it should have been less because Kuzma went off for some reason and they gave up 70 points in the paint. And then the only real bad loss was the Heat game. Phoenix Suns, man, number one in true shooting. Look at this. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're killing it, and like no, it's, they're efficient. It's, and like you said, it's the it's the right shots. It's not like it's. <laughs> so that's also what I'm saying is that like the difference before between like sample size is that like if you're taking the right shots and making them, it's much more believable than if you're just making a lot of shots. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, Cam Johnson's making them, but also because of Ricky Rubio and Booker passing, they're so open. <laughs> like, passing like shoot, yeah. we're not like. Oh, they're closing out. We're talking the guy has no one within like six feet of them. Uh, it's one of those things where they can do that, like that that hard and dribble reset. They can be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get my like a practice shot." So yeah. my five, my five is the Nuggets. Um, uh, they could be higher than this because their home court. I, I went to a game last year there uh, in Denver, and like the home court advantage is real. Like like the the, the Not elevation this year, though. thing is, is, is real. Um, you're high. On elevation, and your teammates might be high. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, I mean, like jokes aside, like they have a system. You talked about it. Continuity does pay off. Um, Jokic is not in shape yet, and he eventually will be. He would like it's it's not great how he looks now, but he's still like by like this question is March April, and I do yeah. think they're eventually just gonna like figure this out. I mean, they're what are they eight and four, and they're ter- they're playing, eight and three the, or whatever, eight and four without even knowing so who they terribly. are. Like, not, um, not knowing who they are, but they're not even playing well. So. Yeah. And I mean, I have them at, at four, so um, okay. I'm assuming your four is my the five, jazz. the Jazz. I, I have the Jazz, yeah. Yeah, so I think both these teams are, they're, they're good at, they have both what we talked about, the better players, yep. right? The Gobert, um, Donovan Mitchell, Connolly, and the Jokic Murray, um, and they have ridiculous depth. No, I agree. Like, they have, but, but again, like, and we saw this in the playoffs. Sometimes it's going to come down to like, who, like because you have a, a your best player is a passer, really, and he can score. But like the question is going to come down to like, will Mary take the leap? That kind of thing. And then yeah. we have the same questions with the Jazz. Like, you know, like 
did their complimentary scoring do enough? Like, did it do enough to offset what might be their problem scoring in the in the playoffs? Yep. My three seed is the Rockets. Um, Me too. We have we just so everybody knows we did not share these. I made these like t- twenty minutes before we started, yeah, and same. I can't believe that we have it so similar. Yeah, basically, if I just took out the Thunder, we'd be fine. Yeah, talk um, to me about the Rockets. The Rockets, the Rockets. Um, they're just they they have their system. I mean, obviously, there's like, um. They talked about this before the season, obviously, that like Westbrook is going to defer a little bit more than he ever has, like, and he is. Yeah. Um, and Harden is just ridiculous. I mean, I know it's 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 definitely like controversial in the sense that like it's this like kind of gut wrenching thing to watch sometimes. It's just like it's just, like gross sometimes, like how they ISO so so much. But at the same time, D'Antoni knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Like in terms of like knowing how to run the system, you know. And I just think. Uh, their pace is back too, right? They're fourth yeah. in pace. Last year they were last in pace or second to last. So I just think it's more fun. And I think uh, they're still lacking though that, that, that third guy. Yep. Uh, for me, that's kind of my point too as well. I think that based on just Harden and Westbrook, you win a lot in, in the, as, a, as an NBA team, right? Uh, so right, they're going to get the wins. Minutes of those guys, right? Meaning like the staggering, right? But you're not going to yeah. stagger in the playoffs, right? So Exactly. So that's the overlapping of them means that they have less – um, yes. o- overall impact. Um, yes. for me though, the reason, the, the, the key to their season is Eric Gordon this year. Um, right. if he doesn't shoot well, they're just gonna not win enough in the playoffs or in the regular season. It's just because he has so much equity in, like, yeah, he had, he's gonna take t- like 10 threes, like, every game. I think people don't realize, like, how many threes he takes. He takes it's like so nine many. <laughs> like, yeah, the NBA is crazy. I looked uh, a couple days ago, like, do you know, 51%. Oh, Carl Anthony Towns' shots are three pointers. I that does not surprise me super bad, but that is crazy. I mean, the fact <laughs> that he's crazy. seven footer, I mean, but that's not that crazy. But it's crazy. Like it's like it, that's the new NBA. Um, so my two seed is the Lakers. So, uh, I have the Clippers eventually figuring things out, and I not to spoil it because they're last. But that's what I had too. <laughs> well, the Lakers. Come on, there's only two. But the Lakers. I just think uh, again they have a really nice formula. Their defense. I did not expect it to play at this level. Yeah, but me too. There. But it's playing really well. Like, it is. Their defense is playing well. I think Danny Green is, like, this great glue guy. Oh, my again, gosh. I, so again, I do still think they're going to have some issues. Um, like, because of, like, those, those two guys are so good at pick and roll. But any night that you defuse one of those two guys, I just don't trust their third guy. They don't have one. Kuzma's not it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, so, the Suns play the Lakers. I'll just explain. That was a frustrating game because Kuzma had, yeah. like, 20 points, and, like, it was all fluky. <laughs> and yeah. he made two back-to-back three-pointers from the corner. It's like, is, does he shoot, like, 20% from three on the season? Bro, bro, <laughs> I, in person last year, I saw him score 29 points in the first half. What? Right? In Philly. And he literally couldn't. The second half, he came out. He was like, "I forgot how to shoot." <laughs> like, oh my gosh! All that kind of stuff. He was like, "Oh my god, the variance gods are." Getting Maybe us. the worst part about that game was that Danny Green had 14 points. Every single point was a bailout of a terrible offensive set. Yeah, it's yeah. like you no, I, ruined yeah, I think, your. I think creation in the half court, like it's going to be like. They're, what I'm trying to say is, for them to go really deep in the playoffs, which is very possible. It's going to require literally both of them just being like 41 minutes a game. Like, yeah. Just like surviving the non-star minutes is going to be their plan. Because like what is their point guard rotation, Rondo and Caruso? <laughs> Caruso, Rondo. Yeah, I mean like I think eventually um, if they could package it together, like I don't know their loose parts, but like Drogic makes so much sense there. But like, the Oh, yeah, he does. Miami doesn't. But like, like but Miami doesn't seem as like hot to get off of it now. How would Maybe, Miami like, do it, summer, yeah. that made sense. 
but he, I just think he could work so well as like a kind of a lower usage PNR creator. Yep, he would, and he can shoot, and it would be really, really helpful if they got someone like that for sure. Or like they just they need somebody who can like pull up and do a little bit more than obviously like you can't play Rondo in meaningful minutes even though they're convinced that they should. He's their DeAndre Jordan. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, just crazy. Um, and then obviously we have both of the Clippers at one because yeah. uh, they're deeper than every any other team. They have. I mean, just like someone said, you can play Lou Williams in here on that team makes the playoffs in the that's East. Oh, it's ridiculous! It's like one of the best. That's like a, they're like offensive rating together is like one twenty two or something. Oh it's God. like. And then, like, obviously the Suns beat them, and they're losing some games right now, but, like, having Kawhi and Paul George together is, like, going to win games by itself. Yes. Exactly. It's just such, it's such the new NBA. It's such the wing thing. I mean, and, um, think about this. Think about a lineup of Pat Beverly, Lou Williams, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Harrell. Like, how do you beat that ever? It's the ultimate small ball. Like, you don't have size, but you have everything else. Like, you and, have and, size. And, and your opponent, your opponent, but your opponent can't play size. Meaning, like, what I'm trying to say is true size. Like, like, but like, you, you, you can't really, you don't lose that much, I'm saying, in the small ball era. Because, because yeah. you're, what I'm trying to say is you're punishing the opponent in a lot of ways, too. Yep. So the Clippers and are just. Paul George is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> he really is. I mean, he's just so good. He's so good. He's always been one of my favorite players. Well, I'm just excited about this season. This was a really good one, Jimmy. Uh, also, I think Booker's probably going to get an all-star this year. Finally, uh, that'd oh, be no, nice. I, I, think it, I think it would almost be like um, a surprise if he wasn't. And like, they're just like I don't care what people say about the numbers and the players. Like, like whatever, take Westbrook's spot. You know, <laughs> Westbrook's spot, Clay's spot, Curry's spot, right. exactly. Lillard's. Spot. I mean, he's he he's exactly. he he better get some MVP MVP votes if he keeps it up because they're. There's no no more empty stats. He was always this good, but people are finally recognizing it. Uh, I just like taking victory laps. I'm going to run and take victory laps all said, year. Look, Sixers fans did this two years ago when it felt good, meaning like when we won 52 games and we finished the season on a 16-game winning streak, and like it can feel good. Like It, it, it should feel good. Like yeah. This whole process can be so torturous, being yeah. a fan. And like basically what we're doing is we're putting our, like, our like, emotional and mental health into the hands of like – People who are in like a office suite in Phoenix or yeah. in, in Philadelphia, you know what I mean? Like we're in Philadelphia, like their decisions affect my life, and it's like I, um, it's nice. What I'm trying to say is like you have to celebrate the victories, man, because like they don't always come. Like not everybody's the Warriors, like, but look, look at the Warriors. They, the, the two know, like, and ten. What I'm, say, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is the NBA is very cyclical in that way that we all get our. You know, look, the, the Sixers lost the, the the second most games in the '90s. The Warriors lost the most. You wow. know what I mean? Like. So I just think it, it's kind of nice, and I, I want to congratulate Suns fans because this does seem enduring. And also, as a Monty Williams supporter, and like I just loved what he, like the character he brought. Yep. Like he was such a class guy that um, I think that's a huge, honestly, just the, the biggest besides the players you brought in. Like the the biggest thing is just the cultural shift that's going. Yeah, on. they all love each other. They they try they try really hard together. No one gives up. They have the energy, the the drive, the the character to be competitive every single night. Uh, I mean, they didn't play well against the Hawks at first. They were kind of losing, and I was like, "What's happening?" And then they just grind it out and win it. They have the talent, the execution to make it happen. Number one assist to turnover ratio. Number the top ten. We're, we're talking like, like thirty-seven assists to seven turnovers. Thirty-seven to seven. Assist, see, but assist percentage, like for example, is a stable stat. Like it, it really like it might not be the same percentage right now. They're yeah. not going to have a seventy percent assist rate. But That's a number like, one. It's a stable stat. Like Philadelphia, for example, always has a really high assist rate because they have a lot of guys who like it's a passing system. I'm mm-hmm. saying it's a, like it, the ball moves, and that's the other thing too. For to 
turnovers aren't a huge issue right now for the Suns. Um, they're like middle of the pack. But like what I'm trying to say is, with Monty's system, I just want Suns fans to, and they'll know this. Like when look at look at look at how many passes you're getting a game, or how many assists assists created you're getting a game, and not turnovers. Yeah, it's like 300 passes because, a game. Which is like because a that's what I'm saying. Like, like, like of course turnovers are way down on like a team like maybe like I don't know. I'm gonna look here real quick before I go. A team like Portland, for example, their turnovers are low because guess what? They don't pass the ball. <laughs> it's just it's just Lillard dribbling and CJ McCollum dribbling. CJ McCollum crossing guys over, you know, like they just don't put the ball at risk, but that also doesn't help you. It's like either way, it's almost like soccer when I was watching the Suns, and that's a compliment. Meaning, yes. like the ball moves around with like a flow that isn't like isn't traditional of um, like these ISO pick and roll games. Yeah, I love this guy, but I I'm I'm lacking liking this because I remember when Archie Goodwin was the only. Um, ball together, creator yeah. for the Suns for multiple when, when weeks. The Suns create, when the Suns used to collect like all these bad Kentucky guards, they were yeah. like, let's get... Um, <laughs> all of remember, them. Remember, like, they had Brandon Knight, they had Booker, they were like, I'm not Booker, Booker's amazing. I'm talking about, <laughs> what's his name? Um, um, Bledsoe. 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 No, but I was saying, at one point, like, literally like, a third of their team was Kentucky guards. Yep. Like, <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> but you kept the best one. So. You kept the best one. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, cause I've, I've, I used to ask, I think last year and the year before, a bunch of my guests, I asked this question and now I'm curious to see if people are going to change their mind. Um, and then I, I have one other thought too before we get out of here, but of, it can, I said, I said, can Booker be the best player on a championship team? I remember you have asked me that before. I um, asked, I, I believe it's, yeah, I believe he can. I think be. it's possible. People were saying, and I said maybe first or second. Uh, and then eight and, and we'll see what happens. Um, but also, I like think the stress would be like that the, the, the second player would have to be really good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But he can be the best guy. Like mm-hmm. put it this way, he can definitely be. I think the best like creator. Yeah, you know what I mean. The best creator on a championship team, and like which also would mean the best player because yeah. that's that's the NBA. That's that's what you, you know? need. Um, yeah, I think Aiden, I think Aiton will help determine their ceiling more than Booker. I think Booker is going to kind of meet his outcome. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think Booker is going to be a, a perennial high end. Like this, like he's going to be this this twenty seven six and six guy for a long time or whatever. Like that's a, just a, you know that's a fake number, but you know yeah. what I mean. Like he's going to be that. He's going to be a top three scoring guy every a top five scoring guy. The question is Aiden, and so far I I think what people miss on Aiden is the passing. Yep, you know like he can pass. The, he had one of the best assist turnover ratios for a rookie center ever. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's like, amazing. So like being at least at least at one point like I don't know, but like it was really really high. Like his. Because think about it, a rookie center, you give him the ball like a top pick, that's a human turnover. I mean, I watch Joel Embiid every night, so I know what that means. Like, Yeah. That's interesting to see. I can't wait to see him come back on the 17th of December and see how it works. Yep. Oh, man, basketball's fun. Love it. Thanks so much, Jimmy. <laughs> Why don't you plug your plug hey, your Twitter good, handle? Good luck being a fanatical yeah. Suns fan. It's a good life. <laughs> it's a good life. Uh, why don't you plug your Twitter, and uh, we'll get out of here. Sure, underscore at underscore Jimmy McCormick. Uh, if you need mediocre, like like Matt Barry would say, if you need mediocre fantasy football or basketball advice, come hit me up. Definitely hit him. He's the underscore Baron. That's an inside joke. And why don't you go follow him and follow me at Eric underscore Star. A little more podcast here about the NBA and the Suns. Come back, check us out, solarinsights.net, uh, on Spotify, iTunes, etc. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.